on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Good news for Twitter, Nest revenue is up. Google Business Profile might be getting rid of Post Insights, news that incites rage from our team. We get a sneak preview for what's up next for Google Merchant Center. All on today's show. Welcome, you are listening to Marketing O'Clock. Just stay tuned. Digital marketing news, but let's get specific. Digital ads, SEO, and analytics, social media, and more. Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform. New shows every Friday. We give you the news with sass and puns and definitely high takes. Thank you for tuning in. You know what time it is. It's officially marketing o'clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shop. I'm Jess Bud. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially marketing o'clock. Here on January 20th, 2023. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another wonderful, beautiful, fabulous episode here. Greg, what's new in your world? Well, what I want to say is Jill here, host of Agency Scoop, tried to uh, limit my caffeine intake. Very detrimental to my life. I need coffee. I know how you boys feel. I've since gone back to my normal caffeine, maybe even upped it a little bit to where I I fit right in life. She just made a recommendation that you cut back. Mm -hmm. And Boris, um, who made our top 50 list, uh, had, had been sleuthing around a little bit on YouTube and asking why I'm doing this pre-workout and things like that. And he's got some some ideas. Um, but I love pre-workout. It's my, one of my favorite things. I'm keto, so I have like no energy. So I need, if I'm going to go to the gym, I need like that little kick, that little flare. But I'm to the point where I'm thinking about making my own pre-workout. Like buying raw ingredients, putting it together. Because I think I can make a better pre-workout than these companies. What That's how far down the, the, the caffeine rabbit hole I am. How do you turn it into a powder? You buy all the different powders. So you buy like beta alanine, you'll buy caffeine, you'll buy citrulline, things like that. I feel like you, you could kill yourself, give yourself a heart attack. Can't Anybody you? could do that. You need an amazing name. Yeah. But it's it, it, you can't resell it. I, I'm just going to make my own. It's pre-workout. still, I feel like you'll though. be schlepping it around the office. Mm-hmm. Nobody takes uh, Nicole is the only Nicole one. Nicole. Was... <laughs> Sorry, Nicole. And what would you mix it with? Uh, you just mix it with water. You don't care about the taste. You just like. No. Taste you should, definitely... though. I feel like the flavor of these beverages you've been having has been kind of important. We're going to see. So that's my next venture making pre workout. Wow. Okay. I'm happy for you. Thanks. I made some big steps this weekend. I attended a Buffalo Bandits game. Some of us call. Us, the Bandits Brigade and Bandits Mafia. Which you guys know about like sports and me, whatever. But this was like a little bit deeper because I've not attended one since I was disrespected by their cheerleading squad, the Bandits, in 2018 and was the last girl to be cut from the squad. The last girl to be cut. Yes. That's like almost not a knock. But you know, I've come a long way in my life. I'm a mother. Great, you know, loving my career. I'm feeling good. But I could just see those girls down on the field laughing at me. And it was a little hard, you know. And for anybody outside of the country, <laughs> anybody inside the country, anyone in Buffalo that doesn't know what the Buffalo Bandits are, it's a yes. pro lacrosse. But the, lacrosse. They're, I, I grew up a dancer, but they're called the cheerleaders. The Bandettes are the only paid 
cheerleading squad in Buffalo. So like the Bills had this big lawsuit because they weren't paying their cheerleaders, so they don't have cheerleaders anymore. But the Bandits are still here making minimum wage, working a second job. They probably make as much as the players. You know, those players all have to have second jobs in the NLL. So why didn't you make the cut? Um, I can't memorize choreography for the life. I mean, that <laughs> oh, seems, seems pretty important. important. Yeah, but Maybe. you'd be on a completely different trajectory in your life. If you were chosen for that team, you might not be here today yeah. because every single thing. When I tried out, I like didn't like my job at the time. I was just in a sad place. And now I've come a long way. So it just felt good to get over that hurdle, you know? And Seems look those like bandettes in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> What's new with you, Jess? Um, I did something I haven't done in a long time. I went sledding over the weekend, which I have not done in years and we don't have a lot of snow but we had been promising the child that we would take him and there was enough snow so we went to local state park where there's a huge hill that i think is literally just all the dirt that they moved to make these soccer fields back in the day and now it's just a huge mound in the middle of nowhere but it's great sledding hill and we brought the child he was going down like half the hill and having a blast he's like mommy you should go down you should go down go all the way up so i went all the way up and I went down the hill by myself <laughs> on this tiny little sled shaped like a penguin. And I hit a spot where there was no snow and there was mud. And I spun around like three times, <laughs> fell off the sled. I kept going on my butt down the hill and I, I finally got to the bottom and I was laughing so hard that I was crying and I look and my son is just coming down the hill too like he followed after me not on the sled just like rolling down the hill having a blast we picked up the sled and the mud got like on the penguin's eye he had a black eye it was so much fun it's too damn hot for a penguin so i'm like now i'm a adrenaline junkie we're gonna do this again we're gonna get this on film and it was not as epic as that but i went down with jack on my lap and we hit the same bump despite my best efforts and we did like a t i had did like a tuck and roll and i had to keep him safe and like brace the weight of myself and save the child and it was kind of awesome and i got footage of that but it was wow. so much fun i didn't like i don't remember your sledding sports. being that awesome yeah it sledding was great. Is thrilling it was so fun i'd love to get out on the slope wind in your face <laughs> <The slopes. laughs> well anybody that was listening last week before you get to the news um we are talking about we got a lot of feedback most people know what uh, shagging balls is so that's good oh god um but jess i know you had a request and I i've got it was a shagging ball z yeah well first no, people all. know what shagging balls <clears throat> Uh, is but Josh, you had a request. Um, there's a link in the notes there if you mm. want to click it and I'm see. So afraid it's loading. <laughs> is that me? Yes. Yeah, so we have. Oh no! Had said, "I think please animate me." So we turned her into an anime character. You can see it for on Spotify wow. or YouTube now. Um, Shaggin Ball Z. We got the tats. We got everything in there. Yeah. How? Who Incredibly did this? Buff. Uh, Sammy. Looks like you've been taking some pre-workout. I could beat somebody up. I look amazing. Yeah. So we're going to make some one-off shirts, maybe just for me and Chef. Thank you. Can I get one? Yeah, if you want one. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. Cool. The yeah. muscles are truly something to behold. It's really, it looks exactly like me. It really brings yeah. the best out of your tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> so you can check that out over on our YouTube channel on marketingclock.com. All right. First up in the news this week from Martin Bumer. There is a new Google Merchant Center next. And according to Martin, Google is slowly rolling out a new and simplified version of the Google Merchant Center. I like the new part of it. Don't love the simplified part of that sentence. 
Um, and he says, over the years at Product Hero, I've seen how difficult it is for advertisers to set up and maintain their products in the Google Merchant Center. It's a very technical product with not the best user experience. I would agree with him on that, but also there are very technical needs that a lot of merchants have that you can address in Merchant Center, at least now. Uh, Martin says that his first impressions are he loves a simplified UI and design. The concept looks promising. And then the X, the kind of con that he's got is there's still some functionalities missing. Feeds and scheduled fetch is what he put in there. Like feeds are kind of a big deal. That's like for most merchants that have, you know, products that come in and out of stock and um, you don't just kind of set a product once and forget it. Feeds are like the lifeblood of the merchant center. I was very perplexed by this. So um, went on and, and looked a little bit more. It looks fine. It looks nice. And then I went into the merchant center next is again what it's called. And under advertise your products, I saw that you can now create a performance max campaign in Merchant Center. <gasps> mm. Not that excited about that. Um, and then I started poking around to try to see like what's new in this Merchant Center next. Um, there's home, there's products, your business, promotion, performance, notification. I didn't really see anything about like the feeds section or anything like that. I'm assuming you still probably do something under products. Again, I don't have this, so I can't really... Uh, report fully on it, but you can see some of the stuff up on screen here. And then I went into the help documentation to see how to choose how to add your products to Merchant Center. There's five different ways. You can add products from an online store, like sync up your Shopify to Merchant Center. You can connect your e-commerce platform to Google. The third thing is you can add products from your file. And that's like a, a pretty big change in the way, at least the, the nomenclature with Google, where you typically things were feed-based, right? You see these, um, you pull in different feeds, you have to select a feed if you're running ads. And now there's no mention of feed here because the fourth thing is you can use a Google Sheets template or you can add products one by one. So I'm like, why is there no feed term? Like that's what everybody uses, your product feed. I went into adding products from your file. I did a find and replace on the page. The only feed is in the word feedback at the bottom. There is no mention of feeds. so. It sounds like it's a pretty big change here, and it looks like they might be pushing more towards hooking your store or your e-commerce platform up directly instead of having a feed be created that they you know, parse and, and use. Another funny thing I saw in some of the product definitions is there are requirements, and they got these cool little um, colors. If it's optional, it's, it's yellow. If it's required, it's green. And then some SEO like wrote this thing because there's one that's half yellow, half green, and it's, it depends. <laughs> so there's, it depends definitions on there. Um, but it seems like the term feed is going to be replaced with this Google Merchant Center next. Um, and then Mike Ryan from Smarter Ecommerce said, yeah, I'm so conflicted as to where this will head. I've been predicting increased important for a Merchant Center as a primary interface to the shopping graph. We've already seen that. Those insights are broadly missing now, but maybe they're on the way. It would be amazing to have more insights and simpler UI. I've only checked out one Merchant Center next so far, but I was sorely missing feed rules and historic, historicalized approval info. There is only this moment snapshot attached. What? Upside down face. Uh, but let's see. I'm a Merchant Center fan and optimistic on the Merchant Center front. So um, if you are in shopping, 
and you get Merchant Center next, shoot us a message. Uh, but right now it seems maybe a little bit easier to use, better interface, but also pretty fundamental change moving away from feeds, it appears. Okay, next up here, we have an article from Search Engine Roundtable called Google Discontinues Google Post Insights. So apparently it's been discontinued according to the Google Business Profile API documentation for the deprecation schedule, not depreciation. We always argue about that. And Mike Blumenthal tweeted about this. I think he tipped Barry off about it. He said, PSA, post insights are history. GBP API deprecation schedule should be all the proof you need to realize that post insights are gone. As API goes, so does the SMB interface. First photos, now posts. That's sad. Um, So Barry has some pictures for people who aren't really familiar with what this was. I wasn't. So you can see on your posts how many views it has and how many clicks it has. And then he has a picture of, I guess, what he's seeing in the API now, and that's not there anymore. That's like very helpful if you are in charge of your company's social and Mm -hmm. you're trying to either aggregate impressions and clicks or decide where to use your time. And it says, he says, your summary for insights shows your views, clicks, and percentage change using a rolling period. It just... Why would they take that away? Like, it's literally, like, nothing. What are they gaining from taking that away? They want people to think more people are seeing them than they are? Probably. Honestly, I don't think many people use it. It's, like, almost the opposite of what Elon did by showing the tweet insights. He's like, there's so many people on this platform using it. A lot of people just don't sign in or interact or whatever. Let's just show the number of times there was this impression. This is the opposite of that. Nobody's using it, so they're like, well... Let's not get rid of it so people still use this tool. And it's just furthering the ongoing story of what can you do with Google Business? Nothing. It is a freaking waste, this though. It's it's so set up very poorly. It's set up the bottom of everything. This, I I understand why they're doing it. They're hiding it. That's what they're doing. So make it better. Give people like better data. Google works with product. Google doesn't (sighs) make products. Well, it, it makes me upset. I think the right thing to do would be like better insights because this is barely anything as it is. Google got three products right. Gmail, AdWords when they launch AdWords, and Chrome. Everything else they failed at. Wave, wave, Google Plus, everything's a a massive failure. Oh, wait, they got Google Podcasts. That's why. Nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Crickets. Sorry to our Google Podcast listeners. Jess, do you have better news for us? I think so. Twitter's finally making money. And that's a quote. Um, that is according to this chart from App Figures. And Greg, I would love your take on it because you're the charts expert. This is like a reverse roller coaster. Look at this thing. Yeah, it's like the ride up to the top. Yeah, money is up. Dollars. Although I don't know if they're actually making money. They've just made more revenue. Like, I don't know yeah. if they're... That, yes, well. net revenue. Well, it says here finally making money. Like I oh. said, I didn't say that. The okay. chart said that. But yes, this is a, a chart for net revenue. So the final numbers, well, here, we'll start at the beginning. Net revenue throughout 2022 was at about like 250K a month. It was slowly rising throughout the spring and the summer, but it stayed under 600,000 a month again until November when it jumped 202% to 1.8 million, according to this chart, and then 1.9 million in December. So the final numbers are coming in at 7.9 million in net revenue for 2022, which according to this article is up from a lowly 409,000 for all of 2021. 
I pulled that directly. It seems crazy and seems wrong. Yeah. But that is what the article says. Several articles said. I checked several sources on that. Is it all just Barry Schwartz's super followers? <laughs> <laughs> Greg Finn is the cause of this roller coaster ride. Advertisers have not flooded the platform. That's certainly not it. But it, it probably is that subscription models, dare I say, work or it's working for them, even temporarily. There's probably not a coincidence there. But along those same lines, rather than make you wait, for the lightning round, for this extra piece of news, there is an annual subscription for Twitter Blue that is now available. So I think they're trying to make this chart continue at the like crazy increase, at least into January. They're offering a 13% discount for those who sign up for the full year. So it's $135 a year, only $11.25 a month in U.S. dollars versus the 13 that you would pay monthly. Yeah, it's 13% savings for a $13 uh, subscription. I'm sure they just love numbers. So... I don't know. We'll see if anybody uses it. Andrew Hutchinson's not going to. Um, I think he said something like 0% likelihood that he would pay $19. He's in Australia. I didn't know that. What? Yeah. That's big news. That's big news. That should have been the main Maybe news. Maybe that's why he doesn't like us because we call Brody the wonder from down under. Oh, that's a good point. Maybe he wants to be the wonder from down he's, under. Who lost to Carrie Underwood in the American Idol? Um, Bo Bice. Bice. So he's the Bo Never Bice forget. from Down Under. <laughs> um, also a quote from him. <laughs> That's him. He's calling. <laughs> he said, if this same Twitter Blue program is running in January next year, I'll be very surprised. And if it gets shut down, good luck getting a refund on your annual payment. So I think I had a story a couple weeks ago about like, businesses in Twitter blue and like getting verified and everything and they probably want to pay annually so yeah that would make sense it is a nice savings if you're gonna do it anyway but I think the point he was trying to make is and there's a lot more around that quote right but like it's not worth paying for right now so if it stays the same do you want it who knows he basically called the blue check mark like a graphic on a social profile that you're paying monthly for he had very strong feelings on the thing I know other people have different feelings but just interesting that now there's an annual option and again they're just net revenue is spiking and probably will continue to do so if people that really want that is savings. a mystery to me there's something they're not telling us now it's time for this week's take of the week this is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you we simply deliver the take for your consumption we give no opinions we don't influence you make the call this week's Take of the Week comes from Boris Bekarek at Boris Bekarek on Twitter. And he has a slew of images, three different images. And he writes, how many ways are there to ask for more budget? Question mark. Google. Yes. <laughs> That's the answer. And there's adjust your budgets, get more conversion value by adjusting your budgets. And in this case, it's increasing the cost by a weekly estimate of 9,000, I don't know, what are those pounds? I think so. I don't know. I don't know what Boris is using there. Another one is to move unused budgets. And a third is to raise your budgets, everybody's favorite there. And the fourth uh, recommendation is a, another move, um, unused budgets, but on a conversion standpoint. So, um, yes. And that's just in the recommendations tab. Yeah. Because there's plenty of other places. Limited by budget. To, yeah. They're asking you. Yeah. Limited by budget soon now. <laughs> and it's, it's, 
the conversion cost for the adjuster budgets is you will go up 4K and it only costs you 9.18K. Oh, that's good math. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Great. I'm mm-hmm. with you, Boris. Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. ICYMI, people. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. I see why am I people from Manaham Ani on Twitter at Manaham Ani. He tweeted another thread you should have read last week. Season to six. Season to six. Well, it's actually like a search engine land article. He just turned it into a thread. Oh, he does that all the time though. Yeah, I don't know why. If you're and not following him, yeah, he's tweeting full articles on Twitter. Yes, give him a, and and LinkedIn. Yes, give him a follow. News you can use. <laughs> This one is Performance Max is here to stay, especially for e-commerce focused brands and agencies. Here are seven mistakes I've seen people make with Performance Max campaigns that you can avoid repeating. So a few of the mistakes are thinking audiences and audience signals work the same way, neglecting your data feed, picking the wrong campaign structure, ignoring standard shopping. Um, And he expands on all of these too. He's really one of the smartest voices in PMAX. So I would definitely read this thread if you're using PMAX. Thank you, Manaham. Now it's time for this week's Pew Pew Lightning Round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. First up in the paid universe this week, Me and Greg both received an email today from Microsoft Advertising, and the subject line was change in ad distribution options. So it starts. We have heard loud and clear that advertisers want more volume for Microsoft advertising campaigns. And that is just a line of copy that will never leave my brain, and I remembered seeing it somewhere else. Because PPC Greg received the same email in October. So I don't know if they're sending this to advertisers as it's rolling out in their accounts. Or I don't know why we received it at different times. But I confirmed it's literally the same email he tweeted about in October. But the point is, nobody's saying loud and clear that they want more (laughs) volume from Microsoft advertising. We're saying we want better matching and smart bidding that works. You just upped the volume. I loved that. What are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, no, we just want, we don't want more volume that's different. Yeah, Nobody I, wants that. I want better matching. If I could ask for one thing, that would be nice. I agree. Okay, so this is something that we, we have talked about in the past. We talked about it when PPC Greg tweeted about it in October, but it could be affecting you now when it didn't then. So I think it's important to give people a heads up again. So it says the ad distribution advanced settings at the ad group level are changing as follows. So before you could pick all search networks, which is Bing, AOL, and Yahoo, and search partners. Or the second option was Bing, AOL, and Yahoo Search, owned and operated only. So you're opting out of search partners. And the third option is Bing, AOL, and Yahoo syndicated search partners only. So you could have a separate campaign that only targeted search partners if you wanted to. The new options are the entire Microsoft network, which they say is recommended. Which is clearly not recommended by Marketing Clock here. (laughs) (laughs) This option includes Microsoft Sites and additional partner traffic for extended reach and lower cost per click. But you're probably going to get more clicks that you don't want. And the second option is Microsoft Sites and select traffic. This option includes Microsoft Sites and select partner traffic 
with performance and conversion rates similar to Microsoft Bing's. So there is no way to fully opt out of search partners anymore. If Yeah, it if, says at the bottom, all options include search and audience ads. Yeah, and then audience ads are like a separate thing that we, in some of my accounts, I can still use the bid adjustment and bid down 100% and opt out of them. And then in others, you can't. Yeah. So it seems like they're making this change on a rolling basis. And when you get this email, those yeah. minus 100s are probably going to stop working. I would think so. I It said over the next few weeks at the end of the email, and I still saw those minus 100s in at least one of my accounts today. So this is just a mess. <laughs> um, and I hate also that it's at the ad group level because when you import from Google Ads, it like ignores your settings if you ever wanted to change it because they're at the campaign level and everything else with Google Ads you're copying and then you're trying to hide your network settings. It's just, I, they're doing that on purpose. And I hope they're hearing me loud and clear. Okay. But when you get this, check out pre and yeah. post mm -hmm. and then we need to come up with like a community exclusion list or something like that too. You, yeah, and you need to... Listen to this part too. So they say most advertisers already run traffic on the entire Microsoft network, which includes Microsoft partners. We recommend this option because it results in more conversions and on average provides a better cost per click. What does better mean? Because you're not saying lower and they don't tell me. But it, it, it's those things don't matter. Like what moron would look at this? You'd have, like, And you're like, it's a lower cost per click and more conversions. That means nothing. That means nothing. Right. No mention of quality. Nothing. All right. So now I, I, I go from a dollar a click to 10 cents a click. And I get more conversions. But instead of 10 clicks, I need 10,000 clicks. I'm going to spend so much more money. Like, don't talk to me like I'm an uninvolved moron with this. Like, what are we doing here? Loud and clear. Okay. Then they say... Another benefit of this option is that it offers a detailed URL report with the performance of search partners used to extend the reach of campaigns. Using this report, advertisers can exclude the sites that deliver lower performance for their specific campaigns, customizing the network to their needs. So if you opt into everything, the entire Microsoft network, you get a reporting breakout by network. But if you opt for the select option, which is supposed to be like better partner sites you don't get that reporting. So that sucks. So I don't know what I recommend. Because if you do everything, you can, it yeah, sounds like you can make some changes. Like we're going to need to play around with it and see what the better option is. We just need to come up together as a community and make a master like negative list. And then they're getting rid of the option to only target your ads to audience partner, to search partners, which... I don't know who's doing that, but it could have been a nice way to control it if you just wanted that traffic but wanted to like spend a lot less on it. So if you're already doing that, you're still going to be able to do it. But if you're not, they're taking it away. <laughs> I'm just going to be Mr. Positivity with this, Shep. The good news is you as an advertiser will have more volume. Next up, we have a LinkedIn post from Bob Meyer, and he says, do not edit your portfolio bid strategy target using the simulator icon from like the campaign reporting page. That was my own little, he's calling it a shortcut, but if you're doing it from the all campaigns view is what he's talking about. I just learned this removes your minimum and maximum CPC cap settings. <gasps> that is so scary. <laughs> I hate that. 
Why is all my news bad this week and I only have two stories? <laughs> Thank you, Bob, for that very, very important heads up that Google Ads should be telling us when we make the change. And shame on you, Google Ads. Greg, do you have anything to add or would you like to get to organic? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm speechless at this point. <clears throat> Unbe- it's unbelievable. Everything, you can't think it's going to get worse and every week it's worse. Just like life. Oh, no. Yes. Retweet. All right. Well, on to the organic news for the week. Google has confirmed that the December 2022 helpful content update is now finished rolling out, according to Barry Schwartz. This one took 38 days to roll out, started on December 5th, and is uh, done on January 12th. We also have a little something coming up on the 2022 algo updates here in January, so stay tuned. Follow us marketingclock.com and your favorite podcast player. Google is also confirming that the December 2022 link spam update is finished rolling out. This also ended on January 12th, but this one started on December 14th. So uh, update accordingly. And in sad news, looking at both of these... My computer died. In sad news, though, no charts could be found on search engine roundtable or search engine land so we couldn't have barry's charts with greg and i think i know why we have vacation mode barry if you followed him Mm. on twitter he had a tweet out there that says it's relaxing but it seems so unproductive this vacation (laughs) thing on the hashtag beach (laughs) he's that pose He's also not on the beach in he's this picture. He's wearing long sleeves. What kind of beach is this? Well, he's up Cold in the air, beach. so he's not on the beach. But oh. we do see some other footage the day earlier where he said, <laughs> here's one of my typing hands at the beach. <laughs> it's a picture oh of his hand God. on the beach. And I just love oh. that Barry's out there vacationing away. If anyone needs it, he does. And we will not have Barry Sharks with Greg this week. Enjoy the beach with those typing hands, Barry. <laughs> Barry's hands with sand. Right. Next up from CNET.com. CNET is experimenting with an AI assist. Here's why. And this comes from them. I don't know if AI wrote it or not, but they said there's a lot of talk about AI engines, how it can be used, and that in November, their editorial team started trying out the tech to see if there's a pragmatic use case for the AI assistant on basic explainers around financial services topics, like what is compound interest and how to cash a check without a bank account. So far, we've published about 75 such articles. Okay, if you recall, Google's stance on this is AI is not inherently good or bad. Crap content is inherently bad, right? Like we don't want that to show up and and spammy content is inherently bad. Let's just say crap content is not good. Right, you're not going to penalize for it. You're not going to rank. So the name of the article is "What is Compound Interest?" And this is a giant piece of shit, this <laughs> article. Um, if you look at this, the AI wrote it as if it were only around bank accounts, which is weird. They say when you deposit money, this is the definition of compound interest that they're giving. What is compound interest? When you deposit money into a savings account, the bank pays you interest. Over time, the interest you earn increases your principal or the amount you're earning interest on. As your principal grows, so does the amount of interest you earn on it, creating a flywheel that can grow your money further. Um, 
and talks about uh, banks compounding on a monthly, quarterly, or annual basis. You don't need a freaking bank for compound interest. And factually, historically, banks have had the worst interest and the worst compound interest. The term bank shouldn't be in there whatsoever. And it goes on to keep talking about banks. And then it shows um, a, a variety of banks that you can use to try to sell. I don't, I don't know. I just I, I hate that. People thinking that that's how that you need a bank for compound interest. It's really bad look, at least for the one that I read. There's no E. There's no E in this experience or expertise. Um, there's no T in the article. There's no trustworthiness, and CNET is going to lose their A in, <laughs> in more than one way if they keep doing content like this. Because this is not good content. You don't need a bank for compound interest. All right, next up, let's see how some Google products are doing from 9to5Google. Google Podcasts disappearing from search results as it goes on to life support. I love when you give us a little foreshadowing. Uh, according to Abner Lee, Google Podcasts saw a lot of work in 2020, uh, had a new redesign, started pulling it into the SERPs, and they built out a bunch of tools. You could, you still could go through and see um, analytics for podcasts or for Google Podcasts. Um, and then we heard about in 2021 where YouTube was looking into podcast experience, I guess. And now it is removed from the search results podcasts. So what a complete waste. What a dog <laughs> product that they put out there. And you just think sometimes like what is the downfall of google going to be and it's just the sheer corporate bloat that somebody had an idea and nobody could put out a usable product um nobody gives a fuck about their products over there uh everybody's just on to the current okr which you know in 2022 mm -hmm. was shorts um and then how to get the next raise it's just you, you cannot be the best at what you do if you don't have pride in your work and there is a substantial lack of pride at that company right now it is an absolute disaster uh, good riddance to google podcasts there we go put it on the in memoriam list all right and better news thousands of google contractors who rate the quality of search results have gotten hourly raises for the first time ever Yee. ever the raises are moving up to pay 14 dollars and 14.50 an hour it's as high as a 45% increase for some, which is great. Previously, some of the raters at one of the companies, um, AppIn had made $10 to $12 an hour. Great news for Google quality raters. Quality rater, you now get $14.50, 14 45% increase. Hopefully, though, you're not living in Washington, D.C., where the yeah. minimum wage is $16.50. Washington, where it's $15.74. California, where it's $15. Massachusetts, where it's $15. New York, where it's $14.20. New Jersey, where it's $14.13. And it is exactly minimum wage in Connecticut. So how are they getting away with it? <sighs> Congrats on your race. <laughs> All right. From Adam DeFrisco, at D-I underscore Frisco SEO on Twitter. He says, WeChat search was on center stage this year's Open Class Pro gathering. Search volume on WeChat increased 54% year-over-year and demand increased by 42% year-on-year. WeChat search, which is backed by its 800 million active users, will, all caps, <laughs> challenge Baidu this year. 
And then he had a bunch of stuff in Mandarin that I could not translate. Okay. From Business Insider, you got to have a paid subscription for this one. Google, and this is, it, it, it's somebody wrote this document about why Google is failing so much. And they called the, it basically is too slow, too bureaucratic, and uh, Google's not being productive enough. And, and the author of this paper called the problem slime mold. He said it's like an organism that's single-celled, but it kind of works independently, but then they work together to make a bigger network. Um, and as larger firms grow, the number of processes can decrease the speed and then the function of the individual units. So they all kind of climb up and just get super slow and super stuck. So there you go. Um, check it out over on Business Insider and take it with a grain of salt because it's Business Insider. All right. In hey, give me your eyes news from the morning consult comes an article titled Podcasters First Wanted Your Ears. <laughs> now they want your eyes too. It's Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> and 46% of podcast listeners said that they prefer consuming podcasts with video compared to 42 who said they would rather listen without video. The breakdown is, I guess, maybe a little bit surprising to me. Um, the majority of discrepancy comes from Gen Zers who 42% like with video, 28% do not choose video. Um, and millennials, where it's, it's close as well, it's 43% of millennials like listening with video and 30% of millennials prefer listening without video. Um, then when you get up to baby boomers, it's a little bit less. And then Gen Xers actually like listening without video more. So um, we're obviously here. You might be watching this on YouTube at the moment. Uh, we've invested a lot in video and many people do like it. Obviously, we have a full-time employee now, Tables, who is making our video more entertaining and things like that. And we've seen a lot of success with that. The top podcast platform may also be surprising. The listeners asked by the morning consult uh, as to what uh, platform they prefer, the number one platform with 33% of the answers was YouTube. Second, Spotify. Third, Apple Podcasts. And then Pandora. I didn't even know those podcasts were on there. Amazon Music and, and more. So it does seem that there's a shift towards consuming video along with your audio. Google Podcast seems to be missing. It's yeah. in the other. From the SERPs, too. <laughs> um, and then another interesting thought was that 15% of podcast listeners said that they'd pay between $10 and $25 to attend a live recorded event. And 46% said they wouldn't pay to see a live podcast <laughs> recording at all. Who would want to sit here while we do this? I don't think anybody would. But yeah. you go out and you have a stage. We did it with a Search okay. Engine Journal Network. Okay. Yeah, we that's came different. on... Um, their e-summit, I believe, and we were one of the... I actually went really good, I thought. Did you watch that? Yes, I was home with a newborn, yes. but I watched it. Was it was good, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, And that brings me up something. PBC Greg had an idea to do like a, a coffee chat with just the community, like not recorded. Does everybody hop in? We're going to set that up here. We'll do one a quarter, and we'll just pull people into like a Google Meet and all talk about like what's going good and what's going bad. No recording, no nothing like that. Mm. Um, so we will do a live event, and it'll be free. Yeah, BYOC, though. We're not supplying the coffee. Right. 
bring your own clocks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And chat GPC on news. Google's DeepMind says it'll launch a more grown-up of chat GPT rival soon. And apparently it's going to be a chatbot with moral boundaries. <laughs> I don't know. They bought Deep, Google bought DeepMind like nine years ago. And apparently this is called Sparrow, their version of this. And it's going to come into private beta sometime this year. You're too late, Google. Sorry. All right. And then my boy, Neil Mohan, make an appearance here. He says, as I mentioned in the past, YouTube creators who make hashtag YouTube shorts and meet certain criteria can now join the YouTube partner program. And then shorts ads revenue is coming to YPP starting next month. So if you are a shorts creator, you can make it into YPP with one uh, with uh, over a thousand subscribers. You need 10 million eligible public shorts views in the past 90 days. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, if you're long form content, you can still get that with 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 valid public watch hours. Um, then the payment is also put in there. There's a creator pool. There's more that goes in the pool if it's a short without music, less in the pool if the, there's music in the short. And then uh, the creators make 45% of what of the revenue share for it. So there's some more insight onto that. That's it in organic. What's happening in social, bud? Not much this week. First up, though, I don't know what year it is, but we have a clubhouse story, y'all. Alessandro Paluzzi at Alex193A on Twitter tweeted, hashtag Clubhouse is working on payment proposals with like the eyeball emojis. And he says, the payment proposal will be open for 24 hours. If a simple majority of voters agree, the payment will be processed. I don't really understand what this means, but he's got a screenshot of it. Um, you put in a title, a description, an amount, and who it's paid to. And then if people vote that this should be paid, I don't understand. I'm perplexed. Yeah. I have no clue. I didn't even know Clubhouse was still around. See, They're not on Twitter gambling? if he's hashtagging them. It seems like credit card roulette. Yeah. Like, I don't, I mean, I, I vote yes. Give the guy $10. He found something. But I don't know what this means. I also don't know what this means. And when I opened the link to this tweet, I whispered out loud, what the f*** am I supposed to do with this? I don't know why. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. I couldn't see what this was a reply to. But there is a tweet from Elon Musk saying, people on the right should see more left-wing stuff, and people on the left should see more right-wing stuff. But you can just block it if you want to stay in an echo chamber. So if you're on Twitter, you probably see more stuff you don't like. Yeah. But That's not what people want, but I, I don't necessarily... I, I'm, not, I'm not on a team, yeah, so like I, I, just, I think it's... I just really want to know what, like, what he was replying to, but I can't see it. Yeah, I couldn't see it either. Well... I don't know. It's not politics o'clock, so we're going to leave that alone. Last up here from social media today, Meta is shutting down its Creator Studio page management app, but you can relax because everyone's favorite super user-friendly platform with an intuitive navigation experience is still around. I'm referring to Meta Business Suite, if you weren't sure. So you could just pop on over there and use that. RIP in peace, Creator Studio. Now it's time for this week's W-T-H. Misguided. I hated all of that. I'm like, who does that? <laughs> Just get rid of that. <laughs> Where we rant, rave, and roll our eyes about a trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly. See what had us asking. W-T-H. This week. This week's W-T-H comes from Albert Corey on Substack. Albert Corey 50 if you want to go subscribe. Apparently Substack's called Life Since the Baby Boom. 
but he worked at Google, and the, this post was called Working at Google Ads. I love this article. I love the look that Albert gave everybody. If you want to see how sort of like Google, like early Google AdWords worked, um, this is a great read. And one thing I loved, I'm just going to read this one paragraph and talk about a couple other things, and you have to check it out yourself. But he said, I was in ads quality, the mathematical brains of Google ads, which then as now, we brought in the overwhelming share of the money. They used to have a t-shirt which said, we use math. The group was called quality and not revenue or something more capitalistic because it really did attempt to keep ads relevant to the user rather than just an annoyance. Of course, making more money was nice too. Talked about using this uh, Sawzall to cut through logs. He was tasked with making experiments. He never launched it. You can hear like the tales of why and some of the bureaucracy asking questions. Um, one of his uh, relatives got stiffed from payment from being a quality raider and he brought it up and eventually got this person paid. It's just a very interesting look if you are a Google Ads fanboy like like uh, myself. Uh, no, I think I won the Clockscore for Google Ads Fanboy of the Year. So. Yeah, you might get Microsoft this year. But, yeah, this was just really interesting. If you want to see about the behind the scenes of sort of like early to mid Google AdWords uh, back in like uh, 2000, the late two thousand. Late 2000s? 010s? 010? 07, 010? Some people say aughts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, From Albert Corey. So check that out. AlbertCorey50.substack.com. And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work. Good, bad, or otherwise. I had a client this week reach out and she said they were playing around with chat gpt um and they asked it to populate 10 non-brand keywords for a google ppc campaign related to their brand so there's just a lot of talk about this this week ppc chat was all about like using ai and ppc and i've mostly thought about it with like copywriting type of work but i thought this was like a different idea it was some keywords that were we were already bidding on some things that I thought were worth linking into and then some like terrible ideas that were not related to the product. So nothing you would ever want to rely on, but I think this could be a good example of how to get like your wheels turning with a tool like that. Yeah. And that's similar to that kind of, I guess more like evergreen tip of run DSAs to see what Google thinks about your page. Mm -hmm. What about you, Jess? So I have an update on the Google business bullshit that we talked about last week. So if you weren't here for that, I had a um, profile that was essentially suspended for suspicious activity. We were trying to update our phone number and we need to now prove that we are a real business and show them the receipts, send them utility bills. That's a very long process and we're trying to get the documents and do the thing properly. But in the meantime, I was looking for a workaround and somebody posted, I think I saw this on Reddit, um, that you should log out so you're not in your account that's associated with the profile and then when you can Google the business, not your business, because you're pretending you're not you. And then there's a suggest an edit button, if you guys have ever seen this, to try and edit somebody else's listing and submit your change that way. So I tried to do that and submit the phone number and it still didn't work, but people have seen it work. So it's something to try if you're struggling and in a pinch, but it didn't work for me. So how annoying that we're even talking about workarounds like that. I agree. You also just made me think we should make a burner account where it's like GBP. <laughs> But the B stands for BS, 
and you mm. should just troll Google Small Biz. Like I'm that. already trolling Google Small Biz. I, I did you see that? Is, yeah, where they are hardly working. Greg is working hard. Did you see that? His what was the tweet? latest? Oh my goodness. Pull it up. It had the cool S. Remember the cool S that oh, everyone yes, used I to saw draw? That one. And it was I like saw that one. support small business. And what did, I don't even remember what you're saying. Support your customers. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. Something hardly working this week for me. We took over a lot of accounts. And I, we always use it as sort of like learning, um, like hands-on in accounts and, and take a look at it. And a lot of times too. And if you, if you want to an audit or something like that, do a free audit, just record it with a loom and send it over to you. Um, but there are a lot of really bad agencies out there giving digital advertising a horrific name. And it just seems like more and more and more and more trash work is happening out there. More than I've ever seen. It, usually you'd get in things that were like, at least with Google Ads, let's say, you get things in that were maybe like 60% bad. We're seeing things now that are like 90% bad, 95. Highway robbery. It is absolutely brutal, these accounts. We, we, the account you were just talking about, we, had, we took it over. 90, 90% was on branded terms. Yeah, the only thing Un- that was working was branded. Right. We had another should. one. All branded terms. It's just incredibly bad work that's happening out there and it's because i think that google ads is harder than ever they're, they're in, in the name of simplicity making it easier for everybody they're dumbing things down it's so much harder to get performance and i see where this is going to go people are going to spend less money there because they get less back and it's not the case there are good agencies out there i just barely see them i don't even know who they are anymore <laughs> And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. This week's Cool Tool is a browser extension that makes it quick and easy to grab tons of info about a site that you're browsing or that you see in the search results. It's called SEO Quake, and it's a piece of SEO cake to use. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) SEO cake, pie, dessert. That's your joke. Oh, I, Muffin? It depends cupcake. if that's funny or not. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. Uh, you can use this as an interactive dashboard, a browser bar, bar, or a SERP overlay, so depending on what you like, all of which will pull in site info like keyword density, internal and external link information, traffic estimates, social data, and more. You can then compare domains and export files if you really want to dig in and manipulate the data. Shout out to Alita Elise for spotting this one and sharing it out. Again, that is SEO Quake, and we'll have the link in our newsletter as well as on Discord, community.marketingclock.com. Pick your poison and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week, an article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Brad Gaddis of adalysis.com. The name of this article is One of the Biggest Mistakes with RSAs is Ad Group Organization. Speaking of, a lot of these bad agencies have no idea what they're doing with, with ad groups. It's, it's ridiculous. But he runs through and talks about a bunch of different ways, um, how you can look at some of the keyword impressions, asset impressions, and how to get the most out of your RSAs. 
based off of you know ad group segmentation and optimization. So um, just a nice little reminder. I know a lot of times we feel kind of powerless with RSAs, but Brad's got your back on that. Thank you, Brad. And now onto our playlist of curated songs to work to. You can head over to playlist.marketingaclog.com to listen to Marketing a Playlist. Jess, what will you be adding? It's an old song by Brand New. Can't get it out. Greg? I hated this song so much by Bruce Springsteen. I'm on fire. He sounds like a creep. Oh, yeah. He's like, hey, little girl. But I'm going to go with the remake, I'm on fire by Ron Pope. Oh, it's the same song? It's just a cover. Yeah. But it's way less creepy. Listen to both of them. Tell me one isn't the creepiest song you've ever heard. One of them they play at CBS. So. Let's talk about like, was your daddy home? I don't know. It's gross. Yeah. How could it be different if the lyrics are the same? You just listen to two of them and tell me if one's creepy and one's not. Okay. So the other one doesn't have free candy in a van. <laughs> He's in love. I will be going with Daisy May by Leon Bridges. And Greg will hate it as always. We're also splitting up the <laughs> playlist for the record. So next week we'll have that done. Nobody's going to listen to any of them. I'm going to listen to mine and Greg's. I'm going to listen to mine and Jess's. <laughs> that right. is so hurtful. Nicole's too, actually. Nicole yeah, has yeah, a really yeah, good yeah, yeah, <laughs> She yeah. only has like 10 songs on her. Yeah, but they're really good. Yeah. Whatever, I don't need you. I need you. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Hack. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the hack. Today, we are playing everyone's favorite game. Yes. It's poke holes in this. Yes. <laughs> Greg has told us that his ideas this week I do. are truly unpokeable. You can't disagree with these. You cannot. Okay. And I'm and sure me and Jess will disagree. One of my favorite people, we already talked about him today, Mia Mohan. Love the man. Um, well, also, we have a little something cooking, Tables and I, so we'll look for this in Q1. But anyway, he's all working on shorts and things and all that. All these things don't matter, right? And I want to watch YouTube with my son, and there's a video about a professor, professional pitcher against a um, like somebody that's non-professional, right? And like, who's going to win? It's like a trash talker or something. First five seconds, three F-bombs. And ass, it sounds like Shep's talking, right? Oh. <laughs> um, and so my thought was, what if we know that it transcribes things? That's why we have to call it Bruno 19 instead of the other term. If we say the other term, we can't be monetized and we get no traction, right? So it knows all the words here. And my idea is a live bleep for YouTube. So it live bleeps it when it's going over that swear word so that you can watch videos with your kids. Do you opt like in or yeah. out? You turn it on? Yep, you can t opt in and be like, yep, bleep all, all, all the curse words. The kids know what is being said. If you're but I can't watch, I can't be a good parent and watch the video when this guy's just dropping F-bombs. If they're bleeping the though, shop. like I, I show little Jack the clip no of bleeping. me last week There's and no I bleeping. said bullshit and I was bleeped. I think he felt it. 
Did he feel embarrassed? Well, your son has a worse vocabulary. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying, in context, the, the bleep doesn't but matter. But anyway, you just turn it on, and it goes through, and it either silences it or bleeps it, mm. so that's not as egregious. Because you can't sit there and hear all those F-bombs. I mean, they have bleeps on The Real Housewives, and I still don't want to watch it with my daughter. We're calling you a bad dad. Wow. <laughs> what do you got? What do you got? Well, first of all, just kidding. Okay. You couldn't poke a single hole in that. Yes, I could. No, I you think couldn't. it was it first was marketing all, adjacent is the, the problem. Does it the person have to opt game. in or out because it's censorship? Whatever. Let me hear your Swiss cheese here. I don't even need to do any work. Okay. My idea is phone holders because <laughs> for phone the bathroom. Hold. We have like the Ooh. ladies' room here. And I always like want to check my phone real quick. It's a good time on the walk. But half the time I don't have pockets because I'm wearing leggings as pants. So I like leave my phone on the table by the kitchen or I'll like put it on the sink in the bathroom. You should have like a little holder like in the stall. Like, Instead of like a purse hook. Little spots. Or is this like a house? Anywhere. It's also a big problem at um, like sports arenas because mm-hmm. you can't bring a purse and you're just holding your phone in wall. Like it's hard. You if need, your phone's like, a in your pocket, in there. it goes in the toilet. So yeah. here's the question, yeah. right? Your act, don't you feel better like just keeping it in your back pocket or whatever no. you have? That's when it falls in the toilet. I lost yeah. a phone that way. And so a lot of times we don't have pockets because. Can't you just put it in your fanny sexism. pack? Sexism. <laughs> put it in your fanny pack. I don't want to wear a fanny pack. I'm a lady. I just feel like most people would be so grossed out by putting it right next to the pooper. And That's... you're like, oh, I'm going to go put it right here, lay it right next to it. I think people no, would it'd be like a little yeah. ca- like a little case. That's what I'm saying. So like the poop particles don't touch it when you flush. You just put this thing it's that hidden, you put on your in, face. It's behind a little door in the stall. But you're gonna have to touch the door to get it's it's you're not gonna use it and then it's like somebody's gonna put I've seen the bathroom here, the women's bathroom. You've sent me I, pictures of this bathroom. Yes. There's, it's not that bad. People are throwing trash on, I'm calling on it out. Ground. People are throwing trash on the floor in there and leaving it. And the men's bathroom is spotless for the record. I believe it. So Compared I think to where we came you're from. You're going to open the little door holder and you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to put a phone in there and a bunch of, of used uh, sanitary napkins are going to fall off. Gross. My God! Is that what you put them in a bin? No. <laughs> Why would you put them in a bin. Why would that happen? Those go in a bin, which here a you bin. could use as your phone. Well, people shelf are going to use that as up. the bin. It's a yeah. bad idea. Yeah, it's not in public. I feel like there's no way it wouldn't gross me out. But I understand there is a, a need for this. We just have to figure out how to execute it properly. Like okay. maybe it's got that micro ban or whatever they say keeps everyone safe on it or something. We need it. I don't know if a little Dropbox is the right idea though, because yeah, things are going in there that shouldn't. Okay. Well, maybe someone can improve upon the idea and make a lot of money. I don't think anybody could, unfortunately, but thanks. <laughs> Jess, what's your idea? Um, I want a blade that of I can <laughs> <laughs> like strap to my hand and like chop vegetables. I don't want it to have a handle. I want to be able to just put it on my hand and go and like dice things. What the rest of the time? It's removable? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes off. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like... It's not an implant. It's like a, like, kind of like how you have a pizza cutter, but it's just a semicircle version and it straps to your hand and you could just like chop or maybe put it on the side or you could chop things. You still need to hold the vegetable with your other hand. And I sure. feel like it wouldn't work. I don't know. How sharp is the blade? Very. It's a knife without a handle. It needs to fit in it's your butcher strap block. On blade. Jessica, I don't hate it. This might be the best idea. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I feel like it would be. Some people like the handle. That's fine. 
This is just an alternative. It will be a great infomercial, that's for sure. Thank you. Or QVC. I'll see you on QVC. Yeah. 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 What do you have next? All right. Next up, I've got... Ooh, I've got so many good ones. All right. So everybody sees the AI, right? I think it was... Um, I forget the name all the time of that one that was the big, the picture one. Oh, yeah. But it's AI, and it makes you look really good. You've seen those, right, where it's like swirly, and it's like a better version of yourself, this AI, right? Um, all right. So I'm in, in the dating world, right? So I think you do AI, but you make a slightly uglier version of yourself. So then when you show up to the date, they're like, this looks like the person, but I'm pleasantly surprised. Slightly uglier version of You have to get the date. Yeah, but you're weeding out the super shallow people. But everybody's profile pictures is not them, right? (laughs) Like, so you do this, and it's like exactly you, but a little uglier. So you show up, and bam, you immediately made a great first impression. That's the investors calling. (laughs) (laughs) They want it. I think nobody would be brave enough to use it because you want to look good. No, you don't. And there's a chance you might not even get the opportunity to wow them with your amazing personality. Okay. And PPC knowledge. Do you want that shallow person though? If they're not going to click you over like an extra wrinkle or a pound or two, like you're worth more than that. What they need is something I hear a lot of men post pictures with fish. Yes. Something that'll make the fish bigger. Yeah, a lot of people are like, if you have a dead animal or a fish, don't talk to me. Oh, don't talk. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Do you have any further holes to poke? Okay. In that, no, I think it's a nice wholesome idea. My last idea is a reverse laundry chute. I live in a really old house. Ooh. It has a laundry chute and it's closed off because apparently they're a fire hazard. But... What's even the point? It's easy to take a laundry basket downstairs. We need something that's going to put it back up. That's the hard part. I like it. It's like a potato gun or something like that. You like lock it. A t-shirt cannon. Yeah, compressed air. You just fire that thing right up. Yeah, what if it was like part of the dryer? Yeah. Loaded up. Hot clothes. (laughs) Yeah, that can't be a fire fire hazard. Well, like a dumbwaiter. Do they still make those? Ooh, have you seen The Watcher? No, they're scary. Big plays a big role in Home Alone three though that dumb waiter. Yeah, mm-hmm. what's your last idea? Um, I think you know how in airplanes they have tray tables off the back of the seat in front of you. They need those at arenas. That's a great idea. Oh, does why everybody don't they squish do together? That? I don't know. Like you have no room. There's nothing on you. Have you can't leave things on the floor. People are walking by. If you could just like put your popcorn on a little tray, you would need fewer employees. You wouldn't need as much cleanup. That too. Nobody's balancing nachos on the arm of the chair. Too. You could even, for bonus points, put like a peanut shell collector in there so that those don't get all over the floor because there's really nothing else you can do with those. Jess, you're two for two today. Thank you. It's going to change the world, Jess. Thank you. Jess is going to be at the Sabres game. Take her nice little (laughs) tray table down, pull out her food, and bring out the blade. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you can thank Jess Bud when you see your tray table in their next sporting event, and we'll see you next week.